It's awfully difficult to step on Anita Baker. She sounds so good, and I hate to interrupt. Pardon the interruption, but the show must go on, as they say, while, while we'll let uh, Anita ride for a second here. In this hour, Fox and Rob Richardson on the story of love that held them together when incarceration kept them apart. So what would you do if your husband, your high school sweetheart, was sentenced to 61 years in prison, leaving you alone to raise your boys? Would you stay with him? Would you walk away? What would you do? The documentary of their love story was Academy Award nominated, but their new book goes even deeper. And I am pleased to welcome Fox and Rob Richardson to this program. Rob, how are you, sir? Doing absolutely well. Good to Thank have you. Thank you so much, Rob, for having, uh, having us on the show today. It's good to have you on. Fox, how are you today? Well, I am with the amazing Tavis Smiley. <laughs> and so I think that that just kind of says it all, where God has taken me from the pits of hell in prison to now being able to have a conversation with my husband, uh, with one of the men that we admire in this work. Thank you, Tavis, for all that you've given to the black community over the years. You are so kind. I am humbled uh, by that. I appreciate your kind words. I'm just delighted to have you both on. Uh, in this hour, it is it is quite the love story. Let me commence by saying their new book is uh, entitled Time, the untold story of the love that held us together when incarceration kept us apart. Just dropped yesterday. So it's available right now wherever books are sold. Time, the untold story of the love that held us together when incarceration kept us apart. Let me uh, set some some um, some some boundaries here. We have an hour, uh, Fox and Rob. So unlike many interviews that you do where you got a few minutes here and a few minutes there, we have an hour to unpack this. I want to take my time and walk through this because it is quite the story. Uh, and so um, just uh, just know that you've got the freedom uh, to share with me as we move through the next hour. And uh, we're not, we're not going to give the whole book away because we want to sell some books for you. But we're going to tell enough of this story. <laughs> we're going to tell enough of this story to make these books move. Uh, but more importantly, uh, all jokes aside, to, uh, I think, inspire people, empower people, and remind people that love is still the greatest force in the universe today. Uh, and yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's a powerful thing. And I, I think people will be convinced of that uh, by the time we get to the end of this hour, if they don't already believe in the true power of love. So, Rob, again, we got some time here. Let me start with you. Take me back to your 20s. When you were fighting to get your business off the ground, you'd been turned down by every bank you applied to for a loan. And in an act of desperation, you did something that I'm sure all these years later you regret having done. But take it back to your 20s and let's begin this story there. Take it away, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, I think it would, uh, I would be remiss if I did not uh, mention the 10 years uh, prior to when, um, when Fox and I first met, which would actually take us and our listeners uh, back to 1987, uh, where we met as uh, high school sweethearts through a, uh, through a mutual friend of ours. Uh, I was digging Fox uh, from the moment that, uh, that she answered the door uh, <laughs> that day, and I think I spent the rest of the evening convincing her that she was uh, equally as in love with me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, depending on which one of us you ask, <laughs> we, we, were, we were finally able to uh, get that point established. And uh, what happened uh, from that is that we uh, experienced a uh, 10-year on-again, off-again uh, relationship uh, long distance relationship, nonetheless, as I was uh, in the uh, United States Navy at the time, mm -hmm. uh, stationed uh, in uh, Holy Lock, Scotland. 
but at any rate, uh, in 1997, uh, after um, I guess we were tired of uh, dating back and forth, uh, as uh, the people uh, would probably say back in the days of the cave, man, I hit her over the head with a log, brought her into the cave, and told her, look, woman, you're going to marry me. We've been dating <laughs> off and on long enough now. And uh, at that point, we had uh, three kids uh, between us. Uh, she had hers, I had mine, and then we had ours together. Uh, so we were a, uh, a uh, mixed family. Uh, but we brought our families together under the uh, under under uh, one name. Uh, that being said, uh, we eloped to a small um, chapel in Kissimmee, St. Cloud, Florida, where we exchanged our nuptials. Uh, we spent the rest of the evening at what was then known as Pleasure Island. It was uh, a part of the uh, Disney property. Mm-hmm. And later that evening, we consummated our marriage. Um, consummated our marriage by bungee jumping. Uh, we hit. <laughs> we headed back home. Uh, to our hometown of uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, just uh, north of uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, we started uh, what would become a new for us. We, uh, we bought our families uh, what would become our family's first home and started uh, our first business with hopes that uh, we would be able to uh, leave a legacy. Um, back then, and uh, when you're talking about 1997, uh, hip-hop was uh, probably as much of a, uh, of, a, uh, of, a, of a big thing then as uh, technology probably would be uh, to you know many of our, our younger people now, and uh, it was a uh, innovative uh, uh, cultural phenomenon of sorts, and uh, we were hopeful to bring uh, many of uh, the black designers uh, to our uh, uh, predominantly black community of uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we uh, set out to start a uh, hip hop clothing store. Uh, featuring all the latest wares from uh, companies like uh, FUBU that was uh, owned by uh, owned by uh, Damian John and uh, uh, a few other uh, guys that were partnered with him on it, uh, Maurice Malone, Fat Farm, and all of the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they say, uh, FUBU, uh, for us, by us? Yep. Uh, if, if it was clothing that was for us and uh, we wanted uh, and by us, we wanted to make sure that we made it uh, available to our uh, to our community in uh, in uh, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and. Um, just as we thought that everything that uh, we had set in motion was uh, was about to uh, flourish and grow in the right direction for us, we realized that the beautiful home that we bought ended up being the house from hell. Uh, the uh, foundation was cracked. The, uh, the roof was uh, was tattered. Uh, and the first uh, major rain that we experienced uh, literally flooded out our home. Uh, the carpets we had bought, the paint that we had bought, the furnishings that we had bought, uh, you know, all were destroyed in, uh, in the process. Uh, our business uh, investor at the time, after we had expended all of our uh, startup capital, uh, pulled out on us. And uh, in addition to that, uh, our youngest son at the time uh, was experiencing uh, seizures and uh, 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 undiagnosed uh, ailment uh, that doctors could not feel it out, uh, could, could not figure out. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how many of your listeners may have heard of it, but American Dream Syndrome is uh, is real. It's a soft science. But it is basically the uh, the foolish belief uh, that we can uh, su- that we should succeed at all costs. Mm. And um, in uh, a moment of desperation, uh, uh, or should I say, a season of desperation, because you know this is not something that just kind of happened all at once. But the house, the the business, the uh, the the uh, the uh, healthcare uh, health uh, issues, and all of that, sure. it was just a buildup, and we uh, went further and further and further. Uh, down into uh, down into the bottom, uh, and we found ourselves in total desperation. And as it's uh, often said, that uh, when people uh, uh, reach a point of desperation, they do desperate things. We thought that we could regain financial solvency uh, by robbing a bank, and um, we ultimately uh, were um, 
were uh, captured, uh, arrested, uh, tried, subsequently uh, uh, convicted, and um, received a 60-year, 45-year, two seven-year, one five-year uh, sentence, respectively, for myself, uh, my nephew, who was my co-defendant in the process, as well as uh, Fox, who received the uh, two seven-year and one five-year sentence. And um, I guess the uh, the part of our life that is um, that is uh, of most interest to uh, to people is uh, that 21-year journey uh, that we spent through um, through Louisiana's uh, criminal justice system. Um, and uh, I guess that would be a good starting point for all of the questions uh, that will follow. You, you're a bad man, Rob. You laid that thing out beautifully. I didn't want to interrupt because I wanted you to lay the foundation. I think the audience gets it now. It's uh, As I said, it's, it's, it's quite the love story. Uh, so now you understand what, uh, what Fox and Rob had gotten themselves into. When we come forward, you know how we do it. We're going to build on this thing. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Interrogating your assumptions and expanding your inventory of ideas. Let's get back to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Let's get back to Fox and Rob on KBLA Talk 1580. So, Fox, I want to come to you now because I know that the two of you, you and Rob, that is, have a motto, a family motto. And the motto goes something like this. If it's not facing 297 years in prison, it's not a problem. If it's not facing 297 years in prison, it's not a problem. Unpack that for me, Fox. Well, you know, when you have been as low as Rob and I have been in life, you just kind of um, um, realize that you have to put things into proper perspective. Here we were thinking that if we could just get the money that we needed for our family, then our family would have everything that it needs and we could move forward in life. And um, and then we realized after that fatal day, September 16, 1997, is that you can never get it all because you are it all already. We had a family, Tavis, that we had worked 10 years to put together. And so we had everything that we needed to make it. And we lost it all trying to get something that literally um, grows on trees. You know, they print money every day and it comes from trees. And here we were, we risked our lives and our liberty um, to secure mm. something that, that um, you know, it just wasn't worth what God had already given us. Love, life, and liberty. Tell me a bit about that day, uh, Fox, September 16, 1997. They say sometimes you, um, it takes some people a long time to um, restore themselves or to rehabilitate themselves. But the moment that my husband got out of that car with his nephew, uh, I knew that I had made the most tragic mistake of my life. I just didn't know how bad it was going to be, Tavis. Mm. Um, when they walked out of that car, I felt in a, in apt, I think is how that word is, mm-hmm. as a woman. I felt deficient as a woman because I felt like uh, I had finally gotten this man to commit to family, and instead of protecting my family by all measures, I put it at risk. And, um, and then to watch the ambulance leave the scene of the bank and then really take in how bad this possibly could have gone wrong um, I just felt like if I ever get a chance to do it again, God knows I'm going to do it differently. And that would probably be my word for any woman that is out there, is that we have to understand that just as the men are protectors, we as women, as the nurturers, we are protectors of our families. And we have to make sure that we do not put our families at risk because the family is the greatest thing that we can have as we walk on this life's journey. I had a girlfriend of mine, as I was sharing with her, that we had done, Rob and I had been married only six months, 
before before we found ourselves facing 297 years in prison. And uh, she says, wow, that must have been a good six months. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you know, it was such a good six months that I would spend the next 21 years. I said, it was so good I would spend the next 21 years trying to get back what God had given me, Tavis. Mm. And that's exactly what I did. I would not stop until uh, Rob and I would not stop. Our children would not stop until we could restore our family because we understood it was just that important. Yeah. Tell me, uh, tell me one, 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 one or two final questions about that particular day, and then we'll move forward here. Um, on that particular day, September 16th, 1997, that led you eventually to face 297 years in prison, what was your role, Fox, and what was your role, Rob? You first, Fox. I dropped them off at the bank. Um, that was my role. Uh, I was supposed to be the getaway car, and as botched and unthought out as this process was in our state of panic, Um, Rob said, don't worry about it. Just leave. I'm going to figure out how to get back home. And so um, when I tell you that it wasn't something that was planned at all, like some people spend much time and consideration planning this. We were were so out of um, where we were supposed to be as human beings that um, it wasn't planned. It was really what you would call a botch robbery. Mm -hmm. And Rob, what what was the plan that day uh, that you and your nephew uh, and Fox had hatched? Uh, actually, we didn't have uh, much of a plan uh, at all, uh, Brother Tavis. Uh, the plan was to go in, get the money, get out, and hopefully not get caught doing it. Mm. Uh, but that is a oversimplification of what it, uh, I guess, that it, what it would take in order to pull off a successful robbery. Um, but it just speaks to the fact that uh, Fox and I are not a, um, we don't have a criminal background, and we were well outside of um, outside of our skill set. Even in, uh, even in attempting uh, to do something like this. And um, how uh, Murphy's Law goes, I guess when they say that anything that uh, that can happen will happen, well, that day everything that could have happened wrong happened wrong. And uh, we've wound up uh, in the, in the, me first, uh, in the backseat of a, uh, backseat of a police car. Uh, later on, my, my nephew was, uh, was also uh, captured. And uh, we were, you know, led into the uh, to the Paris jail, uh, you know, where we were read our rights. Um, in addition to being read our rights, we we're fingerprinted, and you know, you go through the entire process. Mm-hmm. But as Fox made from the onset, it was just uh, one of those moments where you know you uh, go through a moment of, I guess, of intemp- uh, temporary insanity, and then almost as quickly as you lose your mind, you regain it because the moment that I was in the backseat of that police car. All of what I had risked and lost uh, came forward to me in that moment. Uh, not in a moment that I think that it would easily, you know, be erased simply because I had come to the acknowledgement of that. Um, but at the same time, uh, in our efforts to um, to take responsibility for what we had uh, we had done, uh, we all pled guilty uh, to the charges. Uh, you know, after uh, after a uh, question and answer uh, process. Yep. So you all pled guilty um, to the charges. Um, and yes. so that the audience is clear, what uh, of that 297 years, what, what were the sentences for each of you, Rob? That last question again. I said the audience has heard that that number 297 years that you were facing collectively. Right. What was that number right. for you all individually? Individually, it was 297 years for me. It was 297 years for Fox. And it was 60 years for my nephew. The reason that it was 297 years for Fox and I is because uh, during uh, a short period of the time that we were in the pretrial phase of our uh, of our trial, 
I was out on bond, and uh, the uh, when the uh, the uh, trial got started, um, we decided that we were going to share information with the uh, with the jury, uh, with hopes that uh, that they would be able to see and hear uh, testimony that was being denied. Uh, our attorney, uh, as he attempted to uh, present it uh, before the uh, before the jury. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, uh, unbeknownst to us. Uh, when you commit the act of uh, jury tampering, yep. jury tampering carries the same exact amount of time as the uh, as the uh, case that the uh, that the jury has been in panel to hear. So at that time, armed robbery was five was uh, a minimum of five years and a maximum of ninety nine years. So at a maximum, when you take ninety nine and multiply that times the two counts of jury tampering that um, that we were facing. That that is where the two hundred and ninety seven year right. um, uh, exposure of time uh, came from for Fox and uh, and myself. Got it. So just again, trying to make sure the audience stays with us uh, in in this uh, mm-hmm. this this journey of this love story. So, <clears throat> uh, was there any money taken uh, in the robbery? Number one. Uh, uh, number two, uh, was anybody hurt in this attempted robbery? I would say that uh, any time that someone takes something from you. There's a there's a level of uh, of injury that happens as a result of it, mm-hmm. but uh, more importantly, no, there was no uh, gunshots fired, uh, no one was pistol whipped, mm-hmm. uh, no one was assaulted, no one, no battery was committed, or none of those things took place. Uh, it was just simply the brandishing of a firearm. Uh, the young lady behind the counter cooperated. I took the money and and fled the uh, fled the uh, the scene. Yep. Um, how, how much? How much? How much money? How, how, how much? Money, how much money did you flee with, Rob? Now, when they said, uh, according to the accounts, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of about uh, fifty one hundred dollars and maybe uh, fifty one hundred and thirty six dollars and some change. But uh, they took all of that. I know I went in there, uh, Tavis, with at least about thirty dollars of my own. So uh, <laughs> if I had to say, I would say that just somewhere in the neighborhood, yeah. uh, $5,100. <laughs> we, we 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 can laugh about this now, but it sure wasn't funny then. We laughing yeah, about it now. Then, you know what you're sure. saying. Yeah, it wasn't funny then. Um, so 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 Fox, I, I can imagine there are people listening right now who are like, you and Rob risk all of this. And you were facing 297 years in prison for $5,100, Fox? Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I, I don't care if it was $50,000. I don't care if it was $5 million, Tavis. At the end of the day, it wasn't worth our life and it wasn't worth our family. And that's what I'm hopeful that when people read this story, when people watch our documentary mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime, when people hear of interviews that we're doing with great minds like yours, that we as black people in particular understand that we cannot afford to break the law. We will pay far more than we will ever gain in the commission of a crime. Mm-hmm. What's it like, Fox, you first, uh, then Rob? I got two minutes before news, traffic, and sports. We'll continue on the other side two minutes from now. So let me do this right quick, uh, a minute apiece, uh, I, I suppose. Um, Fox, so what's it like when you're standing there and you hear that sentence being rendered? You know, my heart dropped. I was pregnant at the time with twins on uh, Tavis. When Rob came home on bond, I had gotten pregnant with twins. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he told me that they had sentenced him to 60 years, my response to him in the power of God said, it's okay, it'll make the movie more better, but I promise I won't let go of your hand. We'll walk it together. Mm-hmm. Rob, for you, what's it like when you stand there and you hear that sentence? Oh man, I would imagine it was uh, much different than uh, than what Fox heard because I was at least able to uh, temper 
um, the, um, you know, the announcement of the amount of time that had been given to me. But boy, when the judge gave it to me, uh, and I heard from, uh, from behind me, uh, my, um, uh, my nephew's, um, uh, grandfather, who was also there for the, uh, for the sentencing. And I remember when the judge issued out the 60 year and 45 year respectively, I remember, um, uh, Mr. Sidney saying, he said, well, I can't probably say it on here, but he said it mm-hmm. got am. Mm-hmm. So you can fill in the rest. Yeah, uh, he blurted it out in the courtroom because he was just uh, as as dismayed as I was. I thought he was maybe reading off uh, uh, the time for someone else, and maybe he just had the paperwork uh, messed up. Yeah, I mean, never in a million years that I think that as a first offender with a college education and a military background, and my nephew being a first offender, I just never thought that in a million years that they would have not only threw that they they not only threw the kitchen sink at us, they threw the table. They threw the cabinet, uh, the cabinets, the, yeah. the, the the cutlery. They threw everything at us uh, in that moment. Because um, again, like I said, when you think about the uh, pre-sentence investigation yeah. that had been conducted, you know, as to how judges even supposedly reach a decision as far as what sanctions are going to look like uh, for the commissions of crimes. So, um, just never in a million years did I ever think that uh, sixty and forty-five years, respectively, would have been uh, appropriate so as we- uh, for our our particular um, uh, actions that day. So as we go to news, traffic, and sports, we will leave you with this. Um, 61 years as a first offender, military veteran, over $5,100. Nobody gets hurt in the process, but he's facing 61 years in prison. When we come forward, what happens next? With Fox and Rob, you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. My name is Sybil Richardson and uh, my family is awaiting on a ruling regarding my husband's matter. I was just wondering if you might have any information on like an update on it. No, we don't have anything yet. What does on Monday? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. weekend. Bye-bye. This is Sybil Richardson again. Mm-hmm. Where you at? No, we don't have anything. Alrighty, thank you so much. My twins will be 18 next month. They have absolutely no idea what it means to have a father in their house. What fathers even do. Hello. Did you get any word from over at the big house no, today? Anything yet? Nothing yet. Okay. You got a chance to call today? I have not. No? Okay. Man, these people have no respect for other human beings' lives. No matter how sane or how understanding you try to be, it just will make you lose your absolute mind. Success is the best revenge. Success is the best revenge. You're gonna show them that they can't treat human life this way. Success is the best revenge. Just hang in there, because when you get them home, they gonna pay, they gonna pay, they gonna pay. I knew that if it was gonna be, it was gonna be totally up to me. That is the trailer for the documentary Time. Uh, the untold story.
uh, of uh, of the love that uh, held uh, Fox and and, uh, and Rob together, I guess, in this hour. Uh, the documentary is called Time. Uh, it tells the story of this couple who defied all statistics and are happily married after being separated for 21 years uh, due to uh, an overzealous prosecution. I think it's uh, fair to say. Uh, that's, uh, that, that, and that's putting it mildly, uh, overzealous prosecution. Um, but uh, the documentary available on Amazon Prime, if you have not seen it, I implore you uh, today, tomorrow, this weekend, you get some time. Uh, it's the journey um, of this love story that, you'll, um, that you will be empowered by, I promise you. It's called Time. Uh, again, it's available right now on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, and as good as the documentary is, the book even goes deeper. The book out yesterday is called Time, the Untold Story of the love that held us together when incarceration kept us apart. We continue our conversation now with Fox and Rob, who at one point were facing 297 years in prison. When we hear, when we hear that, that trailer, uh, uh, Fox, what, what, what are we hearing? You're making these phone calls. What, what are we hearing? Tell me about that trailer. You hear the unrelenting spirit of a woman who will never give up on her family. Mm. Um, and so it doesn't matter. No is not a language that you can, that you're able to speak when you are taking on the criminal justice system. I think Asada Shakur said it best that it is our duty to fight for our freedom and it is our duty to win. And I held those words in my heart and every day, no matter how they treated me, no matter how they looked down on me, no matter how society shunned me, I knew that my family was more than the worst thing we had ever done. And I knew that we um, had been forgiven by God. We were going to forgive ourselves and we were going to take our rightful place back in society yeah um you first rob and then we'll uh, get fox's response to this. what what was incarceration like you were sentenced uh rob you were 61 years what was incarceration like how, how did you how did you navigate this obviously you didn't serve all 61 the audience has figured that out we can get to that part in just a moment but what was that you know he, again you you were you're a former you're a military vet a navy uh, you've been a, in, the, in the navy you had you know this, this is your first defense you knew as you said earlier when you got in the back of that police car that you had lost your mind and made a huge mistake but what was that process like being behind bars Man, Tavis, when you asked the question, uh, and I'm thinking as a response, it just reminded me of the night that after I had been sentenced and I was awaiting, um, I was awaiting um, transfer. And I remember uh, in the middle of the night when the jailer came down the tier uh, in order to uh, shackle chain me and uh, and put me on the uh, on the uh, transport vehicle to go out. It was in that moment that I think what uh, when I look looking back on it in hindsight, I think uh, the PTSD that I think most uh, black people. Um, um, suffer from as a result of chattel slavery, 400 years of chattel slavery in this country, I think continues to run through our DNA and through our veins. It was in that moment that I could hear the same shackles and chains that, uh, that, uh, men and women were forced inside of as they, uh, as they boarded ships, uh, headed to the Americas. Mm. Uh, the rickety, um, uh, uh, sound of the key, uh, turning inside of the, uh, inside of the sail bars. And I just remember how it felt uh, throughout my body. It, it literally sent chills up my spine. It wasn't so much that I was scared of, you know, what was happening in the moment as much as it was is that I feared something almost like a, a ghostly kind of thing mm -hmm. that happened to me. So when you think about what it is that I experienced, I experienced exactly what I think that they wanted me to experience. Because according to the 13th Amendment, you are only sent back into slavery when you have been duly convicted of a crime in this country. Mm -hmm. And the 13th Amendment is real. I went to a 18,000 sprawling acre plantation 
known as Angola Prison. Angola Prison gets its name from Angola, Africa, for where they ship slaves uh, from Angola, Africa, to this port uh, in, the, uh, in Louisiana, uh, where uh, Angola served as a breeding ground for quite some period of time. Uh, before it was uh, before it was transformed into a, uh, a prison uh, housing more than six thousand men convicted to life in prison. Um, that being said, uh, we uh, we worked from from Can't See to Can't See. Uh, we worked for four cents an hour. Uh, we worked in, uh, in in plantations and fields, picking everything from cotton to soybean uh, to okra and the whole nine yards. And I remember my first day in the field uh, when a guy came down, and I just remember he. Oh, gee. And those are usually the sounds of someone that is navigating through a field yeah. uh, with a with a with a mule, uh, or, you know, attached to a wagon. And that rickety sound that comes up those aisles, it's the same rickety sound that is uh, that we hear uh, in, in movies like Roots, uh, in, in Emancipation and all these other slave movies uh, that, you know, that we watch, you know, on TV. And it was in those moments, like I said, I think what has made slavery uh, so horrible of a thing is not what it uh, necessarily uh, does to us physically, yeah. but what it does to us psychologically. Yeah. And psychologically, we still suffer from that, whether we ever step foot inside of a prison or not. Yeah. Um, so slavery is what I felt. No, I get it. I get it. That was his sentence, uh, Fox. What was your sentence and how did you navigate it? Fox, you there? Did we lose Fox? Oh, I'm sorry. I was, yes, sir. I was on mute. My apologies. No problem. No problem. I, um, I, um, for me, I would have to go back to before the sentence when um, the district attorney in my matter thought that a good plea deal offered to my attorney was 40 years mm -hmm. for simply dropping my husband and his nephew off at the bank. Mm -hmm. 40 years. Mother of four, two college degrees, former military service, myself, honorably discharged, and 40 years was what he thought was the remedy for me dropping them off at the bank. Mm. And so uh, when I took a plea deal, finally getting it down because we were able to hire a paid lawyer to negotiate for us, I, when I took the plea deal for two seven-year sentences and one five-year sentence, the biggest thing that I felt was um, probably just the separation from my children. Mm-hmm. Mm. I get it. I can imagine. I can't imagine, rather, um, what that felt like uh, being separated from your from your babies. Um, all right. So when we come forward, um, the question is how a couple as madly in love as these two are, Fox and Rob, navigate an incarceration that is keeping them apart from each other, much less from their babies. More of Fox and Rob when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. So, uh, Fox, tell me how you navigate uh, this period where you are, uh, because of incarceration, separated from your man. It was probably the separation from my entire family, mm -hmm. Travis, and in particular being responsible for my children. Rob and I always considered ourselves to be good parents and to know that by the decision that we had made, we had socially orphaned our five boys that we had at the time. Mm -hmm. And that was the hardest pill to swallow. And so for me, it was about being intentional that if God had me in this space, um, because truly, knowing that I was a nonviolent offender, knowing that I had no prior 
your record, truly the, the district attorney could have elected to give me probation or even some type of home incarceration. But instead, they decided to snatch me away from my family. And so I had to make sure that I would come out of this better than I went in. And so I became extremely intentional about making the most of my time. And so it's interesting how we evolve years later. The documentary is called Time. Mm -hmm. My book is called Time because time is the great equalizer. It's the one thing that none of us can buy, no matter how rich we are. It's the one thing that none of us know exactly how much of it we have. Mm. And so I uh, became very intentional about how I use my time from that point forward and knowing that whatever time God gave me, I was going to maximize it and I w was going to be unrelenting about the restoration of my family. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching my clock here. Speaking of time, <laughs> pardon the pun. Uh, let me ask you this right, right, right quick, uh, Rob, then we'll move forward. Uh, let me just uh, move through this very swiftly, though. Um, you were given clemency. Um, you were sentenced to 61 years. Uh, you received clemency. Tell me right quick how that happened. Then I want to wrap our conversation talking about the work that you and Fox do every single day on behalf of uh, families uh, across this country. Uh, but how did that clemency happen? Uh, our state uh, at the time was experiencing uh, some really challenging moments uh, in their efforts to try to work across party lines. Uh, there happened to be a, uh, a Republican from uh, Brentwood, California, who was visiting our state in the, at that moment. And uh, he was here uh, with hopes of helping uh, our governor, our current governor, uh, work across party lines with the uh, Republican Party in order to, uh, to, to create a budget uh, and, um, you know, some other favorable things that would move our, our state forward. Uh, that being said, at that same meeting, uh, our son Freedom, uh, of all uh, of all people, mm -hmm. uh, ended up running into this gentleman along with our governor one night at uh, at a university, a local university here, uh, where he was giving a speech. My son got up and asked him a question. The uh, man who he asked the question of is a gentleman by the name of Frank Luntz. Uh, he is a um, a Republican pollster, and uh, when he heard my son Freedom speak to him and uh, how he had presented himself. My, uh, my son got ready to leave the room, and then in that moment, the uh, man uh, stopped his speech and said, Hey, kid, where are you going? Don't leave the room. I'm about to change your life. Had no clue as to what that was even going to look like, but uh, subsequently, he ended up having uh, having coffee with uh, my wife and, uh, and our other five boys, and uh, at which point he said that, you know, I would have to admit that uh, after meeting you all and meeting your son, Freedom, in particular, I have not met anyone more impressive in the last 25 years of my life. What is it that I can do to help your family? Yeah. Uh, true to his word, he spoke to our governor and presented our matter to, uh, to our governor, to which our governor responded, that I tell you what, you seem to be uh, really, uh, really committed to this cause. And if this young man can actually get past my pardon board, I'll sign the clemency. Yeah. Uh, true to his word, uh, after a historic um, uh, legislative session in 2018, uh, the night after uh, we had reached a resolution, our state had reached a resolution, uh, Governor John Bell Edwards signed my clemency. And September 20th of 2018, I walked out of Angola State Penitentiary mm. after 21 years and four days. Uh, a free man. I know Frank Luntz well, and every time I, I talk to Frank, um, this uh, <laughs> this subject is on my heart because Frank uh, is a Republican poster, but he, he did the right thing on this one. I've known Frank for years. We've worked together for years. Uh, we've appeared together in a variety of places, and so I wanted the audience to know that if you've ever seen the poster Frank Luntz 
on anything. It was Frank Luntz who helped make this happen. When we come forward in our remaining moments with Fox and Rob, uh, we will talk about um, how they're paying it forward and the work they continue to do until this very day, given the journey that they have endured. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Let's unpack a little bit more with Tavis Smiley. The conversation continues right now. Right now. As you now know, Rob ended up serving more than two decades in America's bloodiest penitentiary, Angola, until receiving clemency from John Bell Edwards, governor of Louisiana, back in 2018. Uh, Fox and Rob now spend their time advocating for incarcerated families where they have a vision uh, how to change lives and laws through the love they have for each other and the love that they share. Their new book is out now, just dropped yesterday. It's called Time, the untold story of the love that held us together when incarceration kept us apart. Uh, I highly recommend it. The documentary uh, about this uh, powerful story, uh, Time, is available right now on Amazon Prime Video. In the three and a half minutes I have left, first you, Rob, um, tell me about your work and what you've learned about our carceral system. Mm, uh, the one thing that I've learned about it, uh, Brother Tavis, is that to be free is to free others. Mm. Uh, the moment that I walked out of uh, walked out of those gates, uh, the promise that I made to the men that I left behind was that any opportunity that I got to elevate my voice for them, I would I would do so. Uh, my wife and I started a ministry, Rich Family Ministries, and um, uh, its first initiative uh, was PDM NOLA. PDM NOLA is short for Participatory Defense Movement NOLA. Uh, it is a um, uh, a model that was created out of Silicon Valley Debug, where we teach legal awareness as a best form of defense to justice-involved people. Mm. And through that organization, we drudge our success by the amount of time that we save a person, opposed to the amount of time that they have been sanctioned to serve. Yeah. And to uh, to date, we started two th- April of 2019 uh, officially with that organization. And to date, we've saved more than 3,300 years of people doing, doing time behind bars. Mm. Uh, last word to you, Fox. How is, first of all, how is your family and all those boys How's the family doing? And um, tell me about. Uh, I guess the. I, I guess the question is, what you make of how all this has turned out. Well, I think for me, Tavis, is that one thing that I would go back when you asked the question about clemency and how did it come about. Mm-hmm. It didn't just come about because um, our son bumped into a gentleman who could make it happen, but it was decades of work that our family had put in mm-hmm. to be in position to even ask for that level of help. And it was a family effort. Yeah. I was at the Capitol at the same time that Freedom was um, meeting with Frank Luntz, working on legislation that did not go through. I think that God I just wanted us to know that it was coming through him mm. and not through us so mm. we wouldn't get it misconstrued. But um, for us, I, we have six sons. Our oldest boy is a sommelier, which I didn't even know was a thing until our <laughs> son decided to be one. Our second oldest son that you see in the documentary, he graduated from Meharry in dental dentistry, and now he's about to graduate in his residency in orthodontics from Indiana University. Our third oldest son, Lawrence, married the love of his life and is working in in Denver. Uh, our fourth oldest son, boys, um, Freedom and Justice, the twins, Freedom at 21 years old, started working at our nation's capital as a staffer. And in um, 18 months, he has gotten two promotions. And now he's senior director of operations at 23 for a freshman congressman from North Carolina. Our son, Justice, has, has served act, um, uh, a full tour of duty in the United States Army, as did Lawrence before marrying. And now he and his wife, 
are moving to Texas and he's working offshore and our baby boy is finishing high school at 16 years old. He'll start college at Tulane in New Orleans in June. So when you say that they are all doing exceptionally well, they are all doing exceptionally well. Success is the best revenge, Travis Smiley. Success is the best revenge. And love is the most powerful chemical in the universe. It dissolves everything that is not of itself. I can only say two things. Uh, number one, won't he do it? That's the first thing. Won't he do it? Uh, and, and, and the second thing, I didn't know this was coming, but you should know that your friend Tavis Smiley is a proud graduate of Indiana University. I just want you to know that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm glad that uh, your your son, one of your sons, uh, chose a great university uh, to go to. It's it's a powerful story. Um, I couldn't do justice to it even in an hour. Uh, let me just tell you again, right quick. Uh, the documentary is called Time. It's available right now on Amazon Prime Video. The book out yesterday, which even goes deeper than the doc, is called Time: The Untold Story of the Love That Held Us Together When Incarceration Kept Us Apart. Rob and Fox, I have delighted. It's been a sublime joy to be in dialogue with you over the course of this hour. Thank you for your time today and all the best to you and your working witness in the years to come. Thank you so much, Tavis Miley. And if you find your way down to New Orleans now, Rob cooks a mean breakfast and I do I wash some good dishes. <laughs> uh, when I am next in NOLA, I'm going to find you. Trust and believe. Thanks for coming on. Love you both. All the best to you. That is uh, the second hour of our program. Now we yield to the motivator, Les Brown, for You've Got to Be Hungry when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 1580.